When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Steel Curtain Network. Man, we got to get rid of that intro. That's killing me. Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steeler fans. Welcome to another episode of the post game show. Yeah. Um, It was ugly. It was bad. 30 to 13 Steelers lose. Hey, before I even say anything else, let me, let me make something very clear and make it very obvious so that everyone that listens to any of our shows, watches any of our content, we are going nowhere. Okay. Things are bad right now. They're down. Like they lost three games in a row. Everyone's like, this team's a, we are not going anywhere. I've had people on Twitter say, Hey Jeff, man, I'm not gonna be at the post game. Like I, I got to take a break. That's fine. We want you here, but if you don't, if you won't want to be here, that's fine. We will be here no matter what, whenever you return, we will be here on the written side at steelcurtainnetwork.com and also on our podcast platform and everywhere in between. So there you go. I'm Jeff Hartman. Uh, yeah, Dave Schofield's joining me. What's up, Dave? Well, on top of it, all the Penguins are down 3 nothing in the first period. Oh, Dave, but, uh, oh. It. don't even stop this stuff. Jeez. <laughs> well, I anyway, Jack, I'm, don't I'm, pile it on. All right, I'm going to say this. I am gl- so glad that I have an awesome family and it's close to Christmas, and I am just so blessed because if my life really depended on the Pittsburgh Steelers, it would be awful. Okay. So sometimes you just have to say, you know what, I'm going to compartmentalize that part of things and just kind of keep it aside because 
if 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 I if everything was all about the Steelers, man, there was a whole lot of nothing for it to be about today. Indeed, Brian Davis, welcome to the uh, podcast. Well, if I wasn't depressed enough, now the Penguins score, I just might as well announce that the Pittsburgh Steel, the Pittsburgh Pirates are mathematically eliminated from the 2024 playoffs, <laughs> and Santa Claus is not real. But you know, a gentleman, you know, I was thinking about the Steelers and an 80-year-old man. If I compare the two, I think the 80-year-old man with diabetes and no blood flow is more potent than this impotent team that I watched today. Hmm. Impotent. Interesting choice of words for uh, describing the Steelers. Nonetheless, let's, uh, I, I guess that was kind of knee-jerk reactions there. So we'll, we'll just kind of bypass that. We did have a uh, super chat. Can I, can I ask a question? You can ask me a question. Does that mean they didn't play hard? <laughs> they did not play hard. <laughs> Maybe for the first like 10 minutes. Um, all right, let's get this super chat up here. Uh, John Anna gives us four ninety nine. He said the fans are going to want blood, but there are no changes that can be made that will make the next three weeks better. And no, you're right. This is not a, this not is disagree. a, you disagree. I said, I'm not going to disagree. Oh, 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 I thought you said you did. You no. disagree. I was like, no, hey, no, I'm not going to disagree with Please that. inform me what these changes will be because I'm yeah. curious. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh, yes, Jeff. I really have all no. those answers. It is, uh, it's rough. It's rough right now. But, you know, Mike Tomlin, I can honestly say this. Like, I've been watching his press conferences since 2007. I don't know if I've missed one, to be honest with you. And this is one of the few times I've I've seen him feel like he was just kind of he had no answers like he didn't know what to do what to say after the game he was just kind of like well we're a fundamentally bad football team i take owner for ownership for that and we're gonna try and make some changes and they're like well what are you gonna do well we will see <laughs> i don't know it's we're in a bad spot we'll put it that way I mean, let's get you don't have, i mean i don't expect him to have the answer of what they're going to do now no, but he, he, just he the whole did, idea of like yeah. i'm ready to overhaul whatever i can i just gotta you know take the next 24 hours to try to figure that out he did own it. I'll give him that. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. Let's go to some super chats. Get this out of the way. Brandon Diaz gives us a dollar ninety nine. Said, "Man, what a terrible game!" Hashtag fire everyone. I'm sure that's going to be a very popular phrase for the Steelers fan base. Tyler W gives us five dollars. Said, "2017 was the end of an era. 2023 is the end of illusions. We have a big off season coming up. Yep, big off season for sure. Some tough decisions as well." Strictly Hobbies gives us 499 says I turned the game off at halftime. This is what this team is, unfortunately. Yeah, my dad said, I'm gonna watch the Penguins. And I said, eh, lucky. <laughs> and it turns out not too lucky according to the score. Uh Juan Delgado gives us 499. He said KZ's BS ejection changed the game. Seemed like the defense was scared to play physical after that. We will get into that. And I do agree 100 percent with the after that hit. After that flag, the way that the Steelers play definitely did change. Um, interesting. Uh, Matthew uh, Baldonado gets two dollars. Dave, if you see a comment next there, time, next comment he puts in there, I'll bring up good stuff. Kathy Ford gives us two dollars. Says, "Here's my cheer me up fee." Thank you, Kathy. We appreciate it. Tyler W. Again, uh, he chimes in for four ninety nine. He says, "I'll be there first to say it. We took the average to below average play of Kenny Pickett for granted." We all we all complained, but he gave us winning football. Okay, I'm, it's, yeah. there's nothing I can disagree with in yeah, that statement. Hard <laughs> you can't argue that. Yeah, I'll go, oh, Kenny Pickett's not it. You know what? He 
He might not be it, but he was enough. Yeah. And they don't have enough otherwise. Right. All right, let's go to Faceless Man. Gives us four ninety nine. Said thank you, thank you, Coach T, for the memories. Enjoy Canton. It's time. He's too stubborn. Doesn't care about winning. Didn't want to start a competition of backups. Oh, so I mean, yeah, like the Tomlin hate's gonna come, and I get it. I really do. Uh, but let's. I, I feel like the appropriate place to start is not by going through the statistics and doing all that stuff. It's bad. I I think that the place to start here is with the ejection of Demonte KZ. And we can argue a lot about this. And I had a lot of people, one person, actually a reporter in Pittsburgh, when I said, what is DeMonte Casey supposed to do in that situation? His response to me was, try not to kill someone. And I was like, well, now, what are we talking, manslaughter? Are we talking first-degree murder? Like, what are the charges against DeMonte Casey when his quarterback lays it out? But let's let's talk about the hit first. Let's start there. Let's start there, then we'll talk about the ripple effect afterwards. Dave, what was your thought? We knew the flag was coming. What was your thought on the hit, the ejection? And let's stop there because we want to go. We'll do the aftermath after this. Well, I have a feeling I'm going to be in the minority here, but I'm not surprised he was ejected. If someone would have hit one of the Steelers receivers like that as he was getting, I mean, my thing is, yeah, he was, what are you going to do? But the receiver was laying out onto the ground. You can't say that the receiver came down into him. He had to get as low as possible just to hit the receiver the way he did. Now, personally, I think he actually hit him first with the shoulder. I I think they were a little bit hasty, but I, I that's the kind of play that I think they're going to eject someone for. I honestly, I didn't question it. I really didn't. I thought he was going to get flagged earlier for, for a big hit on third down where they completed it just because the way it is anymore. Any big hit, you can find a reason to flag it. So... It just just to declare, just for clarity's sake, what is he supposed to do in that situation? Um, not 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 equally grow. I don't know. I don't know. And that was my first thing that I was going to say is that I don't know what he could do better other than just not hit him. But is that really what we want football to be? Is where you oh well we. I'm going to have to hit him hard and knock the ball out. So what we want to do instead is not hit him. Honestly, that's what the NFL's turned it into. I'm not saying that that I I agree with the ruling of them not of them the rules in which why he was ejected. I'm just not surprised that based on that hit and what happened, I don't that he was ejected. Fair enough. Because that's what the NFL is. Fair enough. I wish it wasn't that way. Yeah. But based on today's NFL, that's that's going to be the call there. Brian Davis, what's your take? I agree that that call changed everything. I also, you know, agree that it was the shoulder that he went with. And I want everybody to agree that if this was 2007, then that's on SportsCenter. And everybody's saying, wow, that KZ hit was just absolutely amazing. And because it was yeah. the the football hit that made ev- that would have made every highlight film, it would have made Dire Straits Walk of Life video from 1985 when they had all those great NFL plays, NFL's hardest hits, and then they changed all that. Of course, they have to change all that with CTE, and they have to try to save their league. I get it, but the, what the answer to your question, Jeff? What's he supposed to do? Just. Uh, almost hurt himself not to hit the guy and uh, let the guy catch the football or he's going to get flagged and ejected. That's all there is to it. Yeah. 
to, to me, I, I knew the flag was coming. And Dave, I'm like you. I thought the hit that he had, I think it was on Pierce earlier, that dislodged yeah. the ball. I, it, I was just waiting for the flag. It's, it's just, yeah, you're waiting for the flag. Why? Because Not that they should have done it, but because he hit him it. because he hit him hard. Yeah. That was it. Just because he hit him hard. And so we're sitting here as fans now like, man, he hit him hard. Wasn't like he decapitated him, you know, like the Ryan Clark, Willis McGahee hit back in 2008 in the AFC Championship game. We're not talking that. We're talking about he hit him hard. And so then, as a defender, I'm thinking to myself, when when these plays are coming over the middle, so Gardner Minshew early in the game, they were targeting the middle of the field. What What is a safety or even an, a linebacker dropping into coverage and has a beat on the play? What are they supposed to do in today's NFL now? And it sucks. It really sucks. My issue wasn't the flag. I'm not saying KZ is innocent. I was just wondering how how did they say that he was ejected? Like that's an ejectable hit because if you if you don't eject a Landon Roberts on Thursday night football against the New England Patriots, which was almost as I think it was almost as equally as I, I bet in terms of hits, like where he realizes what's going on, it was equal to that, and he didn't get ejected. Again, the inconsistencies of the league are, are out there for everyone to see. But I was just like, man, I, okay, you get the flag. We knew it was coming. You are going to get fined heavily. We knew it was coming. I'm not sure I agree with him getting ejected from the contest. That's what I don't like, to be honest with you. Because where do they draw that line of, well, you know, the reason he got ejected was because the player was on the ground for a while. Or was it because... Yeah, because it looked bad. That's why. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's, again... Like, it's a bad look is... for the NFL. It's it's yeah. it, the, the facing the shield. That's that's why, and 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 it's on a. I mean, it's a standalone national game. Yeah, that's that that's that's what it is. They're they're dipping their toes into college football, where they these ejectable plays and and leading with the helmet and stuff are just being. It, it's really difficult to watch. So after that play, we can we can debate this all day and all night. After that play, I agree. I think Brian said it. It, it just felt like the Steelers. They felt like they couldn't hit anymore. They couldn't really bring any type of physicality for fear of being penalized. There was a play where I, I'm sure Patrick Peterson was playing some type of dime package safety, throw over the middle again. What does Patrick Peterson do? He comes up to hit him and he kind of just kind of like grabs him and it wasn't really a tackle. It was just so awkward looking. And I was like, this is, this is, in a, this is a really bad spot. So, Dave, do you agree that that play did change a lot in the game, or is that just one drop in the really big proverbial bucket? I think it's one drop in the proverbial bucket. I think the bigger drop was the next play when they lost Minka. Because yeah. that it, it's not hitting hard. It's you kind of got your soul ripped out of you. Mm. That Fitzpatrick then goes down the, the very next play. Yeah. So I, I, you can, you could debate which one affected them more, but that was, yeah. Good what point. else were they supposed to do back there? Yeah. Brian, what's your take? Yeah. I mean, they, they were both equally as important. They, they really were, you know, but Minka is the guy that you look to. He's a captain without a C on that team. He is so important to that team. And everybody knows that he's a voice in the locker room and him going down and with a knee injury. That was equally as devastating. And then you lose Trenton Thompson too on that play uh, a little later on. And you have nobody left. Yeah. yeah. Was Trenton Thompson, Thompson able to return? Back I was going to say, I thought yeah. he did return, but I, yeah, that's good. I forgot about yeah. that. But yeah, for but a for a little while. For a while you were down to a cornerback playing safety and Patrick Peterson and Miles Killebrew. That's what you had left. 
which, you know, you think about the second half, they didn't, they didn't kill the Steelers through the air. We'll put it that way. <laughs> they killed them in a try. different way. No, they didn't have to. All right. We have a lot of super chats to tend to. Let's get these up on the screen quickly. Wilson Pava gives us a dollar 99. He says, is there any OC in the world that can fix this? Yeah, I don't know. Is there an OC in the world that would want that job? Not That's at this question. point of the season. No, not if you're talking point, next no. year. Yeah. Yeah. For those that, I mean, for, hey, just... for, for the crew out there that says, oh, they're just going to hire from inside again. I, I no. think there's that's setting up to not happen. We'll put it that no. way. Let's go. Uh, Jackson a lot, I guess is four ninety nine. Said shame on all of us for letting this coaching staff convince us. Ben was the problem. Oh, interesting take. Uh, Matthew. He is here. Baldonado again, another dollar, but I don't see a comment. This is the so. only comment from him that I found so far. All right, go for it. Tomlin needs to go. There you go, Matthew. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. All right, let's get Andrew Palladino gives us $10. His second to worst late season collapse in the Tomlin era. We all know the first getting too cozy with these late season collapses. Tomlin coaching has come home to roost. Mediocrity is greater than the 2023 Steelers. Uh, yes, this collapse, this December has been one to forget. You know, you always see the Lexus commercials of December to remember. Uh, this is not one of those. You're remembering this for the wrong reasons. So, uh, Unleashing hell. We'll put it it's that a way. December to dismember right now. <laughs> That's a good one. Tyler W gives us two dollars. Is Minka going down next play? Change the game. Yep. I yeah. That's a great great point. Uh, let's go to Juan Delgado. Gives us dollar ninety nine. Ejection calls should be over reviewed one hundred percent. I think he's saying so. They should be reviewed no matter what. Maybe what's wrong, Brian? You'll see it. You'll see. Oh, is it the next You'll one? See it. <laughs> okay, faceless man, dollar ninety nine. Holding is never called. A H and a choke. Alex Highsmith and choke hold all game. Yeah, I, I said it. I, I said it when I was doing the knee jerk because I did a knee jerk article. Um, when they called that hold on Dan Moore, I'm like, I have no problem with them calling that hold on Dan Moore. But how many times is that exact same thing being done to T.J. Water, Alex Highsmith? <laughs> yeah. All the time. That's mm -hmm. my problem. I have no yeah. problem with that being a call of holding, but they chose it there and not any of the other times it was happening. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And so, okay, let's go with uh, Evgeny Crosby, $5. The defense has its flaws, but this offense has killed the defense all year long. Now the injuries have piled up and we're done. Yeah, the injuries are definitely critical. Cody Combs gives us $1.99. Dave, if you see something, let me know. I'm looking, but I don't want to look too far because. Uh, and here we go. This is what y'all are looking at. Justin Gall gives us yep. $99.99. Thank you very much. He said, thank you, gentlemen, for everything you do, for showing up every week, even when the Steelers don't. Merry Christmas. Justin, thank you very much. We do Merry appreciate Christmas, it. Merry Christmas you. to yes. you, too. Um, very, very generous to give your hard-earned money to us. And even if it's $1.99 or, in that case, that amount, anyone that wants to donate their money, we do really appreciate it. And, um it is a labor of love and it's not easy doing these shows sometimes, but we see, you know, over 430 people in the live chat right now. That means that misery does love company and we all want to be miserable together, even though it's really, really bad right now. So we're never going to turn our backs on the Steelers. We're never going to turn our backs on our audience. You all can, like I said, at the uh, top of the show, you all can come and go as you please. We will always be here. Consider us the, uh, uh, the, the common denominator will always be there. All right, let's go one more here. Brandon Diaz, $190.99, all three answers. Will Tomlin be the coach next season? Do we want to just all say it together? 
On a count of three. Right, three. One, two, two, three. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Whether you, this is not an endorsement of that. That is just our gut is saying yes. I, I can say this, that uh, if Tomlin, and this is something I, I know, this is not opinion. If if Tomlin is not back, it's not him saying that he's done. Unless this is some new relevate, revelation. Uh, if, if Tomlin is for some reason traded or fired, that was on the administration, that was on the ownership, not at, not him. So keep that. Well, my thing is you have to ask yourself after a game like this, does he have to be like, what yeah. a, do I want to keep doing this here? Yeah. You know, does he want to take us, take a year off and then see about going on somewhere else? Yeah. I, I mean, mean, depending on how this season yeah. feel turns out, he could, Make that call, but I'm just saying if you were a betting man, I'd bet on him being there. I would agree. I'd agree. Cody Combs uses a dollar ninety-nine, says don't blame a call for the team playing soft. Yep. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it's I am I'm not saying that it's all that call, but you can also see when a starter gets ejected from a game, that could impact things. I'm not saying it's a it's a reason and it's an excuse. Okay, can I throw something in there? Go ahead, Brian. Sure. You know, that, that's very true. And Cody, I agree completely with what you said, but this is a team that is very fragile in psyche. You have guys like you have pouting receivers that have been pouting. Uh, Mike Tomlin had to have a talk with George Pickens. You've had Deontay Johnson walk away from a ball a couple of weeks ago that was on the ground. You had so many things like that. This is a weak minded team right now. And when something like that happens to a team that is already soft, well, they're going to wilt. And that's exactly what happened. So that call, that ejection, that play, it got deeper into a team that is just not emotionally mature enough and just any mature enough to handle, not professionally mature enough to handle it. And that's what happened. Absolutely. So I'm sure there's going to be uh, some some really tough conversations down the stretch here, but we're going to focus on this one game. Uh, we're going to look at it from an offensive and defensive perspective like we always do. And when we start with offense, we start with quarterback. Well, we'll read through the uh, Mitch Trubisky stat line here quickly, but I have a bigger question at hand. Mitch Trubisky goes 16 of 23, 169 yards, 7.3-yard average, threw one touchdown to Deontay Johnson, had two interceptions, was sacked three times, for a 68.9 rating. But guys, real quick, because Mason Rudolph has a stat line. I'm not even going to read it. It's not worth it. Can someone explain to me what the why would you put Mason Rudolph in at the very end of the game? That makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Dave, try to make it. No, it does, I, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. Really? Because Go you're saying I, we're, I'm not going to. We're not just going to sit back. And take it. If someone's not getting the job done, next man up. You know, was it at a point where they could have won the game? No, it really wasn't. But at the same time, it's like, are you are you going to just settle for bad play? I mean, he another off the back of the foot, you know, lean falling away on his back foot throw, had the receiver open, throws it over his head for an interception, just say, you know what? Enough's enough. I, Brian, I, I like oh, that sorry. they actually did it. Oh, Brian? I'm chomping at the bit. Uh, Dave, I'm going to take what you said and go a little farther. Please do. Three, three words. Mitch got fired. Yeah. 
He got, he got fired right there. No, he's fired. He's done. <laughs> that is the last you're seeing of Mitch in case of emergency. Uh, if you have to break glass in case of emergency, that's the only thing you're going to see Mitch ever again. He is done. That was emphatic. That's when you pull him there. With two minutes left, he's fired. Yeah, you guys, are, you guys aren't wrong. I guess my thought was is if, if you're going to make a change, I I, I hate the sending the message stuff because I also would have said, why is Najee Harris touching the ball again? He was ineffective, fumbles the ball at a critical moment that leads to a touchdown. Jalen Warren's been better for the majority of the second half of the season. If he would have said, Hey, we're just, we're sitting people that aren't playing well. Like I would have been fine with that, but I don't know. It doesn't matter ultimately because I don't think Mason Rudolph is going to come in and set the world on fire anyways, but it was just really curious that out of all the moves to make and out of all the times to make that move, he chose then. And I'm, I'm, Hey, he he was asked about it in the post game and you know, he kind of danced around it in my opinion, which is fine, but yeah, really, really interesting there. But um, any other comments about the quarterback play you all want to bring up Dave? I think we saw it earlier that even mediocre quarterback play could get the job done when the team was healthy earlier in the season. Now it would take more superhuman effort and the Steelers don't have the players, the quarterbacks to do that. Right. Brian, any other thoughts on the quarterback? There's a complete overhaul coming with the exception of Kenny Pickett, but you're not going to see Mitch. You're not going to see Mason in 2024. Yeah. I don't want to have those conversations just yet. Uh, let's go with Wilson Pava because it's $1.99. Shouldn't it have been next man up earlier though? And that, that, that was kind of my question, which no. we'll see. The second know. turnover was kind of the tipping point when yeah. that happened. <laughs> Tom, Tom Muir. You know, on him. Yeah. Or Tom plays games gives us seven dollars. Says a dollar per loss now. I feel like it's the only way I can tip you guys. Even if Kenny ain't it, I'm not seeing anything more from Mitch or Mason. We stink. Yeah, three three straight losses to the teams that you've lost to. I mean, the Colts aren't a bad team. I think they're an up and coming team. Um, and I think Gardner Minshew is better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. Uh, but still, yeah, ugh, bad, absolutely bad. Let's talk about the offensive line a little bit. The offensive line did give up four sacks on the day. In terms of quarterback hits, they gave up nine quarterback hits. The Indianapolis Colts, yikes. Uh, in terms of rushing the ball, we'll go through those stats now. Jalen Warren carried 10 times for 40 yards, had a long of 11. Najee Harris, 12 carries for 33 yards, an average of 2.8. Mitch carried two times for one yard, 24 carries, 74 yards total, 3.1 yard average. They did have a rushing touchdown on that quarterback sneak by Mitch Trubisky, which almost ended in disaster. Second straight week, they don't get over 100. Let's talk about that O-line a little bit, guys. Dave, what do you think? Um, they had some good moments with some of the nice runs. I still don't understand on that one why Mason Cole felt the need to hold a guy that was maybe going to tackle the guy eight or nine yards downfield. Um, at that point, if he makes that play then, then – then, then oh well. Kind of like people giving George Pitt, George Pickens a hard time on that Jalen Warren run. He was in contact with his guy down to the one-yard line, and I don't think he realized the play was coming close to him. At that point, if he goes back to his guy, it's going to be a penalty, you know, because he had yeah. his back to him. But, yeah, it still, it still didn't look good at all. No. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying he, he did the right thing. I'm just saying it's not as bad as that, but it definitely wasn't a good look. 
with the offensive line, no. Bottom line is they, they didn't get the job done. They gave they gave up, you know, you give up the sacks. It just felt like the Steelers were getting dominated in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Brian, what's your take on the offensive line? Yeah, too much penetration by the Colts, not enough holes by the Steelers, just a very bad performance. I'll say this. Um I've I've pretty much they have no one else. But if I had someone else, I'd I'd replace Mason Cole for the rest of the year. If they had anyone that I felt would be a serviceable center, I mean, how I saw at least four times where Mason Cole was looking up at the uh, the jumbotron in the middle of Lucas Oil Field, if there is one, or he's looking up at the the stadium lights straight up into the sky as he gets trucked. But hey, James Daniels got pushed around in this game. That defensive front of Indianapolis completely owned the Steelers offensive line. Broderick Jones had really bad snaps. Dan Moore had really bad snaps. The bad play along the offensive line was not just Mason Cole. It was a collective. So they all played poorly. They're all going to have to own it. And I think that's, that's warranted. Let's go to the pass catchers. The last group we haven't talked about on the offensive side of the ball, Deontay Johnson leads four for 62 and a touchdown had six targets. George Pickens, three Catches for 47 yards on seven targets. Jalen Warren, five for 28 on six targets. Allen Robinson, three for 19. Pat Fryermu, three for 16. What do you think about the pass catchers, Dave? Sorry, I'm trying to not have my barking dog come through too much. Um, pass, pass catchers, I mean, unless the ball's getting thrown their way, it, it, it doesn't seem like you're getting a lot of effort, but... It's not that I didn't see him dropping balls out there and everything. It just nothing feels right. Nothing feels in sync. No, nobody feels like they believe. Honestly, I maybe I don't know when I should say this rather than talk about the pass catchers. This team was, I think this offense, and even the defense was buying into it as well, was so convinced that all of their problems were on Matt Canada, who was a big problem. That as soon as he was gone, it was sunshine and rainbows, and they could suddenly be this high-powered offense. And they're not. They're not. They, I, I, I think they felt that Canada was holding them back. And I'm not saying that he wasn't, but it wasn't nearly to the degree that they believed. And they're still, you know, maybe you hear it with the announcers. Sorry, I'm just kind of going off this. You hear it with the announcers talking about something that I really don't agree with. They're like, oh, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, Pat Frermuth, Najee Harris, Jim, look at all this talent that the Steelers have. Do they? Do they? I mean, the fans are so convinced it's always the coaches and never the players. I don't see the players out there giving, giving the effort that they need to all the time. And you could say, well, if they were coached up better, you know what? You're a professional football player. You shouldn't have to be motivated to go out there and play hard. I, I think these players are, are, are thinking maybe they're hearing the hype where people are saying they're so good. I don't think that they are. The offense just doesn't have the Jimmys and Joes. The ones that they have that they think they're good enough to get by with, they're, they're not setting the world on fire. All right, Brian, what's your take? They're prima donnas who aren't dancing like their life depended on it. They want everything handed to them right now. And it, uh, I mean, I'm not saying, I, I don't want to sing out a guy like Alan Robinson, but, uh, you know, I think Alan Robinson is who he is and he's not the problem. But I think 
you have a lot of guys on that team that are me first more than anything. They want to blame everything. They they've packed it in, and anybody can say, well, the uh, you the coaches don't have discipline. They whatever. I'm looking at a coach in that press conference right now that is a guy that feels like he doesn't know what to do anymore. You, you ever have, uh, you guys, teachers, you know, when you have that certain class that are so terribly behaved that, and you're limited on what you can do, you're like, ah, I just can't wait until the school year's over to get a new batch because they are so bad and there's nothing I can do. And that is exactly what we're dealing with right now. I sound like grumpy old man shaking my fist at clouds right now, but that's what it is. This is a group that does not have heart and they don't care. And they think that they are entitled to more than they're, than they're, they deserve right now. They think just because they were high picks, they just, because they're out there, they're wearing that uniform that they should have everything handed to them and nothing's their gosh darn fault. And I, and I also want to throw something in there. I mentioned all those all the players that they were mentioned all on NFL Network. I am going to say that one person that I do think is giving a whole lot of effort all the time is Jalen Warren. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because absolutely. I, because yeah. I think I think he doesn't take it for granted being an undrafted player coming in. He doesn't take it. He doesn't. He doesn't play privileged. I'll just put it that way. Brian, you're right about the the analogy with school teachers. Dave's a school was a school teacher. I was a school teacher. You have those groups where you're thinking, "Holy cow! Is it the end of the is it, is it June yet? Like, are we yeah. done with this? Like, this is this is bad." Here's the problem with that is that you're also making the assumption that you're going to get a whole new group. Like, you can't get rid of everybody. <laughs> I mean, think about the offense. Who would fall into that category if you, Brian, since you brought it up? Who would fall into that group of you know what? I can't wait till they're gone. Who who on the offense right now would be in that group? Right now, and I hate to say it because I would stick up for him like crazy, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens right now. Najee Harris, too. Yeah. They are play, they they are being they're playing the entitled game. They are playing the diva game, and it's just not working right now. You guys put Muth in that category? He can be a little power. He can be a I little pal. I, I, I but can't you know what I mean? I, I I can't get a read on him one way or the other. But yeah. but you don't you don't hear the poutiness from him, but you know what right now Muth hasn't done enough either. So you can't the Steelers would never cut Najee Harris. Now they, they might say we're not going to pick up your fifth year option. That's a realistic opportunity option, but they're never going to just say like Najee, you're gone. Deontay, you're gone. George Pickens, you're gone. Let's just say it's those three. All right. So unless you're going to trade all those guys away, which now, like, what are you going to get in return? That's almost impossible to try and build, like, go, go through all that again. And and it's, I don't know, like, it's they're in such a bad spot. That's where I keep coming back to mentally is that while I sit here and I'm like, you know what? The Steelers are bad right now, but do they have a nucleus? Do they have a young core? They're very young, but. I've said it before. I'll say it again. They're a rudderless ship. They have no one, no one at the helm. Like no one is steering this boat. They are literally heading straight for the rocks and no one's doing a thing about it. They're all looking at each other and blaming each other and pointing the fingers and all this stuff. So it's a, it's a bad spot. It's a really bad spot. And when they went super, super young on that side of the, uh, on that side of the field, you know, we can go back and 
we can look at Kevin Colbert's final few draft classes, which I'll probably do that when the season's over and look at those things that way. But I don't know. I guess it's a, it's a really, really bad spot for this Steelers team right now, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Dave, anything else about the offense before we leave it? Yeah, I know I don't like to talk about stuff that we hear discuss in the offseason when there's still football to be played. But, of course, people are going to talk about, you know, what's going on with the offensive coordinator next year. I'm just going to say this right now because I think it's important even for these last three games going forward. The Pittsburgh Steelers front office and ownership, when they go to fill the job of offensive coordinator in the offseason, need to give that person 100% free reign. That includes over the current coaches, whether they stay or go, and somewhat with the players. No one should be taking it for granted. And, you know, because if you hire a new offensive coordinator and the Pat Meyer blocking scheme doesn't work for what they want to do, then it's just a waste of time to keep Pat Meyer. Now, maybe it is what they want, and it all depends on you. And you shouldn't go hiring someone based on fitting with the other assistant coaches that you have. That that's, hasn't been working. That's not what you need to do. But what I'm saying is this offense and what they've produced this year, no one should be comfortable. No one should be comfortable. And you could whether you want to talk about that with the defense, that's just a whole different issue. Right now, the main thing I'm talking about is the offense, and and that's just the way it's, it's going to need to be going forward. And if that means you know pulling guys off the field during these last few games in order to get the culture right or the mentality right, then that's what you're going to have to do. Brian, any thoughts on the offense before we take a break? No, you know it's it's a bad situation. Uh, yeah, my last thought: they gave up. They're giving. They gave up. Yeah. Well, they weren't alone. No. Unlike the NFL network. From the whatever, we'll get there. (laughs) Unlike the NFL network, where they had probably about 200 commercials in the first half alone, um, we will only be back after like a few seconds. If you're watching live on Facebook, Twitter, or YouTube, don't worry, we're not going anywhere. On the audio side, we'll be back back after a word from our sponsors. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, Steeler fans, we are back. Second half of the show. We always started off with some super chats we haven't gotten to. Let's go with Todd Williams. Gives us four ninety nine. He said, do you think Mitch should have been on a shorter leash than he was? Oh, what do you think, Dave? Honestly, I think I think Tomlin going into the game kind of had set in his mind. If he's responsible for two turnovers, that's the point. Yeah. And okay. when he hit that point, that's what he did it. I mean, it might have been a feel feeling out during the game, but I wouldn't be shocked if that was kind of what he was looking at going into it. Brian, thoughts on that? Gentlemen, I did not hear the question. I apologize. <laughs> so I don't want to Seattle this. Can you say that again, please? Uh, it was, uh, what did, did you think he, Mitch should have been on a shorter leash? Uh, I don't know. Um, no, no, I, I really don't. I, I think, uh, I still had confidence that uh, he could he could throw the ball downfield, but not as poorly as he did. Uh, and with the uh, limited sample size that we got out of Mason Rudolph, that didn't look like it was much better. I support that decision to go ahead and uh, leave him in and then take him out the way they did it. Yeah, not good. Uh, let's get Tyler W up here because he delivers some breaking news. This is true. I yeah, just not, checked I verified Twitter. this. Yeah. yeah, Cam Hayward is now on the concussion protocol. When it rains, it pours. So I didn't see Cam leave, but nonetheless, could have happened. Uh, let's go. Matthew Bunk gave us a super sticker, but I can't see the super sticker. I, we we can't it. see him on StreamYard. Thank you for the tip. To $9.99. That must have been one hell of a sticker. We don't even get to see yeah. it. Damn it. Okay, and let's go to Matty Peverell from Down Under. Uh, he Bingo dollars. $2.99 and bingo dollars. It saved 25 to $30 million. Moved Deontay Johnson, Chooks, Cole, Mitch, and Najee. Yeah, I mean, you. as long as as long as Con and Weedles. Wiedles, I wouldn't be sorry. surprised if three of the five of those that, that yeah. happened. I want, I, but I, here's the thing. Whatever happens with Tomlin happens with Tomlin. I want those two guys to stay. So if it's like, hey, we're going to move on from Mike Tomlin or whatever, I don't want – like I think that Omar Khan and Andy Whitehall have done a great job in their limited amount of time. So I don't want to see them leave. Uh, that's, that's, that is something I do want to say. All right, let's talk about the defense. Dave, why don't we go ahead and 
let's talk about the decision by Mike Tomlin uh, to not kick a field goal and to attempt a field goal, which was what fifty-seven yards is. I think what I what I saw would have been yeah, indoors been with Chris Boswell. Yards. And how it's to me, it was the epitome of living in their fears. Do you want to go ahead and get that picture? Uh, yeah. Just bottom line is at that moment, your defense was so decimated with injury. You needed to, I mean, you can't go for it on fourth and 14 there. That's just, that would have just been dumb, but you needed to do something to show your team. You're not waving the white flag. And right. He waved his white. He waved the white flag. Yes, you would have given them a short field, but you know what? They were moving the ball anyway. All you're going to do is try to dig in close to the goal line, like you did on every single possession in the second half. It just might have taken less time off the clock to do it. Go for it. And now, chances are the reason that he did is because of the missed extra point earlier in the game. Might have shaken his confidence. But you know what? That at that point, you got to do it. At that point, you had to, and they didn't. So. You were you were upset with that call, Dave? Oh yeah, absolutely. You have okay. to you have to go for that field goal there. That's to make that's sure a we very that's a very very cowardly move to do what they did in, in that in that instance. You, you can't do that. Brian, what's your take on that? I agree wholeheartedly. I hated that call. I mean, there's no reason to punt. Boswell was out there, and they send him out. You uh you gave up there too. Not just the players. I blame the offense for giving up. I think everybody gave up wearing white jerseys today. I gave up. I'm wearing yeah. a white shirt. If for me, I think what was more discouraging was the player the play prior to that. I think it was a third and fourteen, and you're thinking, okay, you run a high percentage play, check it down to Jalen Warren, uh, whatever. You get a couple yards. You get within a more comfortable field goal. Mitch is throwing a go route down the sideline and doesn't even give George Pickens a chance to even bring in the pass. I mean, it's yeah. thrown out of bounds. And you're thinking, well, okay, they're comfortable with Boswell kicking it from there. And then he pulls him off. And Presley Harvin, what does he do? Oh, another great, tremendous punt, sky high, and it's fair caught at like the 19 yard line. Nine, I think it was is, a 17. Come on, give oh, him those two yards. Okay. <laughs> 17 yard line. Hey, it goes down as being inside the 20. That's why I hate that stat. It should be inside the 10, <laughs> in my opinion, but that's just my opinion. Um, so, okay. Do we want to talk about Presley Harvin at all here? It was Road why? Presley. Road Presley. Why yeah, I keep on forgetting that. Dave pointed that out over the summer, I think, in Stat Geek, that Presley Harvin just sucks away from the friendly confines. And that's not good enough either. No. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Defensively, where do we where do we begin? I mean, do we begin with 30 unanswered points? Uh, do we begin with <laughs> the drive that resulted was 12 straight runs as they move into the red zone? The only time they don't advance the ball is when they throw it the one time and then miss field goals. The guy had two missed field goals. This game could have been way worse when I think about it. You think about the drop touchdown on fourth and goal. I mean, this is this is insane. Uh yeah, well go ahead, Dave. It could have been waited. I know we've moved on to defense, so I'm, I'm tipping <laughs> off that you know where it should be. What were the two key plays that changed everything in this game? The two key two plays? plays. I one would of, say that you take the, away one of these two, and you should. And, and I'm not even sure they're even, but you take away one of these two plays, and you're and, and you have a much you're giving yourself a much better opportunity. Now, as we see this team, as it went down their stretch, they just stunk. So I don't know that they still would have done anything with the, with the opportunity. 
But what were the two things that really changed everything? For the for the worst? Yes. Oh, because I was going to say, like, well, the block punt was what changed oh, no, that, after that, that, for the that, good fortune. For the good fortune, but uh, two plays, just two. Well, I'll give you Najee's fumble. That's the one play, of them. The play after Najee's fumble. fumble was the touchdown. I mean, it was one play. They well, but I'm, no, what I'm saying is, they just held them. They three and out. The Colts come out, coming out of the second half. The Steelers had to get a stop. They did a three and out, and the very first offensive play, they fumble it back to them in the red zone. Yeah. There. It was a one-point game. It was a one-point game. But that's not even the first one. The first one that really changed everything was on the third down play, under two minutes left in the first half, and Pryor moves wide open, and Mitch throws it behind him. You convert that third down. Whether or not they turn that into points or not, you're not giving up a touchdown before the half. You're looking at worst 13-7, maybe 16-7. That changed everything. You let them roll into halftime with the momentum because you couldn't hit a wide-open tight end because you thought he was going to sit at one point when he was at the uh, was at the other point. I don't know if that was Mitch or Fremuth. Either way, I don't care which one it was. But you can't have someone that wide open and not be able to convert that. Well, I, I'll say this as well. I didn't have the defense giving up a touchdown in, what, 34 seconds on my bingo card either after that. You know, I mean, is that how long it took the the, the last drive of the half for the Colts to move down the field, like, relative ease was and it, scored a touchdown? Was it that one or whichever one it was? The very first one was like a 30-yard play. Then it was a... Joey Porter Joey Jr. Porter, yeah, that was the end of the half, years. wasn't it? And some people are like, oh, that was a terrible goal. It, it actually it wasn't. He was grabbing him like crazy. Yeah. But if that, but I will tell you this: if that was pass interference, then so was the early hit on George Pickens on the first interception, where he mm -hmm. got knocked down and couldn't actually get up to, to jump to the height that he wanted to do. So that's I'm not saying it was a bad call, I'm just saying there was inconsistencies. Um, yeah. and then they had a, uh, an incomplete pass and then a touchdown. So it was three plays and one of them was incompletion. And then there was the penalty. Was, was that it? The one at the first half? I'm trying to find it. The end of the first that half was, was what you said was they hit Montgomery for a big gain to about midfield. They go after Joey yeah, Porter was Jr. One. with Pierce defensive pass interference. They're in the red mm -hmm. zone. I want to say maybe two plays later, they hit Allie Cox, I believe the tight end for the touchdown. Yeah. And you're thinking yep. that, wow, that's the one. It was it was officially three plays for 74 net yards, 48 yards gained, 26 yards penalty, and one of them was an incompletion. And then the Steelers come out and they're like, "Well, we can do that too. Watch us move down the field quickly." <laughs> and it's like three and out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Mitch is chucking it around the yard. Let's do this. Show you Gardner Minshew. Hold my beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jimmy Buffett once said, if we all couldn't laugh, we'd all go insane. So that's why we are doing what we're doing. So, all right. Um, let's get some super chats up here. Jason Atkins gives us $2. Dave, you see it? Throw it up there, but we appreciate the tip. Oh, that's way back. Yeah, it probably is. Uh, Adar Gazar. 757 gives us $5. Says, 
a, a larger offensive staff is needed. Steelers have the smallest staff. No attention to details really shows. I don't know. Hey. I, you know what? That makes sense to me, Jeff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it might. That's, this is the uh, this is the smallest staff in the league. It is. You're correct. I, I got uh, Jason Atkins. Yeah, go ahead. You ready? Okay. Yep. This was his next comment. This is just heartbreaking. I don't have much to say. We stink all around. It's a punter to everything. Our special teams is better than our offense. This isn't the Pittsburgh Steelers I know. You know what? If you want to talk about, about Jeff, if you need a winner, you know, you could call the pump block team and you could call the kickoff return team. Man, yeah, both times Eagle UK got the ball. He had a nice return. Well, I, I, that, yeah. Right now I have I have one winner and it's not the it's not that group. Um, I do have one winner right now. So let's get this last one here. B Ment Low gives us 199 said, should Austin remain a defensive coordinator? You know, we always talk about offensive coordinator. I've always I go back to this summer on my Let's Ride podcast. I was asking guests like Terrell Terrell Austin gets no heat whatsoever. And no one could answer that question for me when I would ask. And let's ask you to Dave, do you think there should be a change in a defensive coordinator? Okay. Now you have to ask the question the way it was answer the question the way it was asked. Should Austin remain a defensive coordinator? In my opinion, no, he should not. But will Austin remain a defensive coordinator? Probably for one more year. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's a serious question you should be asking. That is where the Steelers do have some superstar talents. Now, also, they my goodness, could you could you be dealing with any more attrition in the middle of the field on the second and third level in this game. It was just ridiculous, but still. Yeah. Brian, what's your take on uh, Terrell Austin? I do not think he should remain, but one thing I will say is, and in, in Dave just mentioned it, they're depleted. That defense is depleted. The offense is not depleted, but man, it's uh, they're running half a staff out there. You know, we shouldn't be seeing Michael Walker right now. And he's playing admirably. You know, we shouldn't be seeing Trenton Thompson, who's also playing admirably, but they're not they're not A1 talent. Right. All right, good stuff. Um I, I there's not much to say about the defense. I mean, if I'm being honest, I mean Gardner Minshew throws 18 of 28 for 215 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, was sacked three times for 123.4 rating. He did get sacked three times. TJ Watt had two. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi with one quarterback hits, though, five. Five. Let's not forget a sack gets counted as a quarterback hit, does it not, Dave? Yes. That's the way the, they do the stats here. Yeah. Now, if you're looking at it on PFF, PFF, Whose stats are not yet, I don't think. They do their stats different where they do them individually and then they total them up to pressures. But here's where it all went wrong, and that's the Indianapolis running game. If you had the Steelers giving up 34 carries, 170 yards on 34 carries for a five-yard average and a 31-yard long, well, I didn't see this coming. Trey Sermon, 17 carries for 88 yards. Tyler Goodson, 11 for 69. Zach Moss, 4 for 13 before he leaves after Michael Walker's horse uh, horse collar tackles him. Leaves with an arm injury. I mean, you, you look at the number of receivers that caught passes. Were just, they, they were just spreading the ball around to everyone. 
Michael Pittman, four for 78 before he left with a concussion. DJ Montgomery, two for 48 in a touchdown. Mo Alley Cox, two for 21 in a touchdown. Zach Moss, three for 20 in a touchdown. Josh Downs, three for 19. Look at Listen to the long catches. 42, 34, 18, 16, 13. This is incredible. This was one of those games where Landon Roberts led the team in tackles with ten, with nine. That's it, just nine tackles. The the team that, that possessed the ball the longest, you know, the leading tackler was nine. Oh my gosh! I mean, take away T.J. Watts' two sacks, two sack day, and what what is there to talk about on the defense, Dave? I'll tell you this. I think the difference is the Indianapolis Colts knew how to play with a lead. Pittsburgh Steelers didn't. No. I mean, my I mean. The Colts had 43 rushing yards in the first half. 43 rushing yards in the first half. They took the lead right at the end of the first half. They had 127 rushing yards in the second half. Goodness gracious. That's that's saying, you know, how many, how many, what was Gardner Minshew's stats for the second half? The second half of the game. He didn't have to throw the ball very much. <laughs> Four of seven for 30 yards. That's brilliant. Okay. Unless here, I'm going to refresh my page unless sometimes my stats get messed up when I do this to, to, to look at that. Second half. Four, yep. There it says four of seven for 30 yards in the second half. And they ran. So they threw seven passes and ran the ball 23 times. And, he could I mean, and, and they could have passed more because the Steelers' defense in the middle of the field was in shambles. But you know what they said? We want, you know, we could do that. Oh, a tip ball, maybe, maybe gets a turnover. Hey, we'll just keep running the ball, run the clock down. And they did. Yeah. All right. Brian, anything to add to the defense? No, you cannot force turnovers when they're running the ball as well as they can. You know, they were they were possessing it. Sure, you might get a lucky knockout here and there, but the odds, like to back up what Dave just said, you know, you're not going to get a tip ball. You're not going to get an errant interception that's going to, uh, you know, change field position and get the Steelers back in the game because the Pittsburgh Steelers were letting them run down their throat and they could not stop. All right. Anything else you all want to discuss about this contest? Do we really want to? The dead horse has been beaten a lot. I just didn't want to know. I mean, the only problem was the Colts aren't the dead horse. The oh, I know. Are. No, yeah. 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 That's, that's the problem. Yeah. We couldn't beat that horse. The streak breaks, too. 2008. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> every, every team is different. And people talk about that like it really means something. It's completely different. Coaches, completely different players from year to yeah. year to year to year. It. Just win the game this time, and they didn't. Hey, Minshew and and uh, Peyton Manning are the same. <laughs> All right. What well, I wanted to, to look, have, have the Steelers, they had a 13-point lead. Was that their biggest lead of the season at any point? <laughs> it very well could have been. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good question. 13-point lead. I'm trying to think if there's a game they had. Was it the They had a 13-point lead against the Raiders at one point. I'm that's what I'm looking at because I mean, because the, the Steelers were no, they had to come back to beat the Browns. It would just, it would be the Raiders or who was the other one? The Pack 
Andrew Palladino is saying yes. He looked it up at halftime. He was he was curious because, um, oh my goodness, yeah, the Steelers were actually up uh, twenty three to seven against the Raiders before the fourth quarter. So yeah, so they had a sixteen point lead, and, but that was even in the second half. I mean, the Steelers had a thirteen point lead sixteen minutes into the game, sixteen minutes into the game, and couldn't come up with another point. Also, I have a conspiracy. I want to know how much, Ooh. I want to know how bad Mike Tomlin bet the over on this game. Because I'm sorry, when the Colts are up two score, two touchdowns, under two minutes left, and you got two timeouts, and they take a knee, you know what you do? You stand there and you don't do this with your hands. You take the L gracefully. And you know what happened? Instead, they took the timeout. And then they took another timeout. And what did the Colts do? Added three more points onto the scoreboard, which hit the over. What you know, the, wait a second, what was the score leading up to that field goal? 30 it to was 27 to 13. <laughs> and because Mike Tomlin did you called take those the under, Dave? Did you take the under? Yeah, I took the under, <laughs> but it didn't matter because I I I, I always take the, the the winner and the and the over under, and I even though I didn't pick them in the articles or anything, when I actually put a dollar on the game, I put this I did for the Steelers. So to me, it didn't matter. Right. But I'm just saying, and I because I put it in the knee jerk. My goodness, if you're, you're down two touchdowns, you have two timeouts, and there's that little bit of time left for the game, and the team takes a knee, don't don't use the timeouts. Just go gracefully. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brian, anything else you wanted to touch on? Yeah, this is blasphemy, but I'm going to pile on what Dave said. You know, <laughs> I I almost, there was a part of me saying, you know, they just took a knee and you're taking timeouts. I hope they go deep on the Steelers right here and throw a bomb and embarrass them even more because that was. Oh, that I, was, I thought they were going to run right down their throat for a touchdown. That, that I was, was watching this rip and run right, right on them. And they, that was a and Bush League call to me. That was a yeah. Bush League call to me. Yeah. 14 points at that point of the game. They're they're willing to say, hey, we're we're in field goal range. We're not going to take more points. You, you, you and to make it a three-score game, you bow out gracefully. But yeah. honestly, that might have been a reaction of them living in their fears and not going for the field goal. No, and you could get a player injured in that situation too. That's what I was back. saying. My my wife was actually watching the game with me at that point. She's like, Well, well, should they fight the win? I'm like, if someone gets hurt here, like, oh, if I found out that Cam got his concussion on one of those plays, I am going to be livid because those plays shouldn't have been happening. You're right. Let's go to Tyler W. Ten dollars. This team has decent pieces on both sides of the ball. It's not a complete teardown. We knew our offense was bad, still is, but it won't be league worse next year. Time to buy is at the bottom. I think we're pretty close to there at the bottom. So we'll see where uh, everything goes, but let's, uh, let's do some final thoughts here. Dave, go ahead. I have a lot of final thoughts. <laughs> so I hope we're ready for this to be a really long show. Okay. Because I kept saying oh, throughout this season, the Steelers just got to find a way to win games to get to the, the, the final third or the final quarter of the season and get on a roll. Figure things out. Get on a roll. And what have they done? They've done the exact opposite. That's why the whole time I was saying, get yourself in position for the postseason. So if you're playing, so when you, not, not even if, I was more thinking when 
when you're playing well at the end of the season, you can you're actually in position to make the postseason. Like last year, they started so bad they were playing well at the end, but they were they they started so poorly they just couldn't quite get there. Now this team is the opposite. They were they they felt like they were too big. I don't know. You could say coaches. You could say players. You could say everything. It almost felt like they were too big for their britches. They thought that you know what we're actually winning some games along the ways. We're just we're just going to get better. Even Coach Tomlin said it in the press conference. Was it was it last week or, or whatever? He's like, we're about getting better. They're like, why why do you do that? He's like, that's what we do. Yeah, normally you coach, not these guys, not these players. It's every year it's a different set. So to think that you're just magically going to turn it on. Now, I still had some faith in the Pittsburgh Steelers that they had nine days off after two bad losses. That you know what? Maybe this was gut check time. Jeff pointed it out. Uh, Jim Wexel, Steel City Insider Podcast on Steel Curt Network, said Steelers had two good practices. I thought maybe they turned it around, but I still wasn't willing to 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 lay it all on the line that I was sure that this team was not going to be what we saw the previous two weeks. And when their backs were against the wall, and this was their, they still controlled their own destiny. This was what happened. Now. Yes, there was a lot of injuries that got them down. But at the same time, there was also a lot of things that they did themselves. I mean, minus three in, in turnovers, come on. You, you can't do that and expect to win a game against another team that's sitting in the sitting in playoff position right now. So my thing when it comes to this Pittsburgh Steelers team, I still had hope about the postseason because I wanted to see a team that was on the upward trajectory. This team is bottoming out. This team is bottoming out. They're not a team that deserves to be one of the best seven in the AFC. They just aren't. Now, if, if something happens and they royally get things whipped around over three games and everything else falls right for them because they don't control their own destiny anymore, people are like, would you still even want to watch me in the postseason? Yes, I would, because I would like to see some of the young players get the experience of being there. But this team is nowhere close, nowhere close to a team that 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 is playing like they deserve to be playing into January. Brian, final thoughts. This team was six and three. They're now seven and seven. That's one and four in their last five games. That is irreprehensible. And those were all games. Those four losses were all games that this team absolutely positively should have won. You know, I can excuse one loss in those five, but there's three that I can't excuse. And especially the last three were winnable games. They were situational games that a good team would have found a way to win. And obviously this is not a good team. A team with heart would have found a way to win. This team does not have much heart right now. Somebody said it earlier, and I'm talking about a heart two times, uh, two to three times too small, if I'm going to quote the Grinch, stink. Stank, stunk. Well said. Well said. Um, for those of you that listen to my Let's Ride podcast, I'm going to have a special winners and losers podcast tomorrow morning, Sunday. Uh, it'll probably be around nine o'clock. We'll probably run it maybe earlier. Who the hell knows? We'll talk about it after we go off the air. Uh, but you can look out for that. And then uh, I'll have all my thoughts about this 
dumpster fire on Monday as well. Make sure you check out all of our podcasts on the audio only side, not just my let's ride. You get Dave stat geek, Brian's bad language, and a whole slew of other content like the here we go Steelers show with coach KT Smith and Brian Davis every Tuesday morning. Check it out wherever you get your podcast, just by searching Steelers and find the steel curtain network. This one was forgettable. Uh, let's hope for better results in the future. We'll be here no matter what. In the meantime, thanks for checking out the post-game show, everyone. We'll see you next time. Go Steelers. Everybody else gets a little tight. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing. The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.